this is Sean, the director of teacher training at Flatiron, and I'm here with Joe. I'll let him introduce himself. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Joe. I'm our head of education here at Flatiron School as well. And so today we wanted to talk about learning goals. So I'll just I'll start by defining terms. You've probably seen the terminology learning objective or just objective. You've seen goals. You've seen swabots potentially, which means students will be able to. And there are schools of thought on lesson planning and, and learning experience planning that would say that some of those things are slightly different. I don't tend to subscribe to that. I think that essentially they're, they're, each one of those is something that you're trying to accomplish in the lesson. So we have standardized on the terminology learning goal at Flatiron. That's what you'll see in our curriculum. That's what you'll see in our lesson planning. But if you ever come across something that says SWABOT, think of it as a goal. If you ever come across objective, think of it as a goal. Right. In the end, it doesn't matter. Just, you know, for us as an organization, we're settling on the idea of a goal. One of the reasons why we like learning goals is it builds teachers' capabilities in being goal-oriented. I thought maybe we would start with just what makes a good goal. If you were to phrase a goal, what would make it a good one? Right. And so for us, we were talking about this beforehand. We were thinking it's, it's two things, right? It's we want to make sure it's measurable, right? It's very obviously measurable. There can be, you know, we don't want, we want as little wiggle room as possible on whether you're able to do this thing or not. And we want to be actionable, right? Which means if you can't do the thing, you can do some actions to be able to do the thing. This actually all got started because we were talking about learning goals and we came across some ones that were, I think, not where we want them to be mm -hmm. and had one of my, my personal pet peeves, which is a goal, a learning goal that was described as at the end of this lesson, students will be able to understand whatever it was, how to tie their shoes. Yeah. And, and that's just not doable is the exactly. point. That, that, that's something that, that could be the result, but that's not how you get to the result. You can't learn to understand. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so when I think about actionable, I think of not just something that's able to be done, but something that's able to be understood also by the student. They know essentially what the learning goal means, even if they don't know how to get there. Right. And another thing that's nice about it for the making sure the student really understands this is that there can be no ambiguity as to whether they actually showed demonstrated mastery or not. We want our students to know where they're at. And so for us to do that, the learning goals need to be very obviously measurable. We were trying to figure out like a good layperson example of this. One that I use is, is cars. You could have a learning goal when you're teaching someone to drive of understand how to make a turn. Problem is, I have no idea how to adjudicate someone's level of understanding. You can't observe understanding. You can't give you like a five out of 10 on understanding. And that makes it really hard to measure it. In addition, it's not actionable. What is the definition of understand? What level of understanding? Do you need to know the entire mechanics all the way down to how the axles work? Or do you need to just be able to turn left on Broad Street and be done with it, right? So it's how you, how you demonstrate the understanding. Yeah, it's how you yeah. demonstrate it. And I think, I feel like a lot of what it is, is, and we do this a lot at the school, is what level of proficiency do you need to be at? understand has this super wide brush that it's painting with. What we want is we want to be, as much as we can, very specific on the level of depth that we actually care about, right? Mm -hmm. to, be, to be successfully passing this. You laid out that 
example of something that's not an effective learning goal. Understand how, what was it, how to turn left or how to how turn, to turn I work. think I said, I don't know. How would you make that a more specific goal that is actionable and measurable? Right, exactly. And so the way to make it more specific is to really get away from that word understand. That it's a blur word, avoid it at all costs. It's really easy. It's easy to use understand yep. because you're working on these learning objectives and you think at a high level, oh, I just want them to you know, understand how to turn. And you actually have in your head what you mean by that, but you're just not able to articulate it easily. And so if you spend you know, a few more minutes to actually think about how you'd articulate that better to a student, and for me, I personally use the lens of trying to figure out how would I actually write an assessment? How would I write a test? How would I look for something in their work to adjudicate their level of understanding? It, I want to cut in for a second because I feel like if we can make this into a constructive learning experience, it'll be even better for the listeners. Mm -hmm. So before you share how you would make that more specific, okay. um, if you're listening to this, pause your recording and think about how you would make that learning goal better and then start it up again when you're ready. So now that you're back from your pause or just from awkward listening <laughs> to silence, a way to make that one better is... Instead of going using understand, say students should be able to use their left turn signal to take a turn, take a left turn. So students should be able to use their left turn signal to take a left turn. It requires an understanding of how a turn signal works, but it's a specific action that you can yep. take with it. And you can go all the way down the rabbit hole. It requires an understanding of how to use your arm. It requires an understanding of how to use the turn signal stock. It requires an understanding of the word left. Depending on the prerequisites and the level of mastery your students come in on, you may have to teach different parts of that, right? Mm -hmm. If you're teaching a baby, you have to explain the concept of left and right and the word left. I would hope you're teaching not a baby. <laughs> and <laughs> a it, it's just, you know, the concept of, hey, here's how this stock works. You push it down, you're gonna get that click sound. You wanna push it down, you know, 10 seconds before you actually make the turn to make the turn, look left, look right. Mm -hmm. Left turns are dangerous, blah, blah, blah. You might demonstrate it, exactly. model it, yeah. And then you, you had, when we were brainstorming on what we would talk about, you had some ideas on how to go even deeper. Yeah, exactly. So if you wanted, that's like base understanding. You need to be able to use your left turn signal and then turn the wheel left and, and make that left turn. But a more advanced thing, like I know the second thing you do once you get good at turning left and turning right and stop signs and all that on surface roads is you get on the highway and you merge to demonstrate a deeper level of understanding of turning and using turn signals. You could say, where students will be able to use their left turn signal on a temporary basis to merge lanes. So a lot of those new cars have a thing where if you kind of like half put the stock down, it blinks three times, and you do that before you turn left. I know for me, when I was in driving school, I remember I had this really bad habit. I would start turning left and then I would hit the left turn signal that's probably not passing. <laughs> and, and so that's a way you can start to demonstrate different levels of proficiency and mastery of the concept of using turn signals. Yeah, but, right. but with all of these, they're very specific, they're measurable, they're actionable. They're exactly. things that you can say to a student, you need to be able to do this, and even if they don't know how to do it, they know what they need to learn. Right, exactly. And so the, um, for these, it's easy to come up with a test, it's easy to develop feedback back to the student on how to get better. Oh, the thing you misunderstood was you put the turn stock up 
which turned it to the right, and that's not right. Mm-hmm. Right? It's actionable. Or you waited too long. You waited too or, long or something yeah. like that. And there's no ambiguity for the student if you did it or not. If they didn't turn the turn signal on, they failed. There's just no ambiguity there. The last thing that we actually ended up talking about, which is once you get to more advanced topics, you're going to have learning objectives that have terminology in them that student doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you were trying to teach someone how to use an engine, you would say, you know, like, be able to use the choke on the engine to start it. But if they don't have no idea what a choke is, then they read that learning objective, that learning goal, and that's not actionable for them or measurable because they have no idea. There's not a shared understanding of that terminology. So right. Sean, actually my question for you was, yeah. how do you think of advanced terminology? Yeah in learning objectives and learning goals. Yeah, so I I would say that the problem in the example that you just gave is not the goal itself, but it's the timing of the goal. So someone has been given this thing that they're supposed to be able to understand without having the scaffolded knowledge to understand it. And so I, I don't have any problem with writing advanced terminology in a learning goal. I don't think that we should be writing goals that are utterly simplified so that you don't need to know what the terminology is. I think that we should be using the terminology that's realistic for the experience that we're measuring. I just, I I think that it's, with that example, that would be something that would come after the point at which you demonstrate the choke, explain the choke, have them practice the choke, and now they've understood how to use the choke, and you say, now apply that into this demonstration of understanding. Right, so I guess what you're saying is terminology is fine, making sure that it probably may have some prerequisites where the first one, which is prior uh, learning goal, is student gives an accurate definition of a choke. Right. Right, and so that should be the prerequisite. Yeah. So now that we have these goals, the question is, okay, so we have these list of goals, how do we, as a teacher in our day-to-day life, use them in designing what the day looks like for students. Sure, yeah. For good reason, when you do unit planning, lesson planning, learning experience planning, typically people who who have studied this will build those goals, they'll build the ways that they measure the goals, they'll build all of that before the learning experience itself. You know that you want your students to be able to understand a choke, possibly using the choke to start the engine is not the way that you want them to start learning this thing. So even if you know that that's where you're going, your goal right now might be simpler than that. So once you have these goals in front of you, it's also really important to tie the learning experiences to them so that everything that you're doing in a class, or almost everything, I should should say, (laughs) there's tangents that can be useful, but almost everything you do in a class is tied to your goals for that class or whatever that learning experience looks like. So that, number one, when students bring up questions or topics that don't necessarily fit with your goals, you know that they're things to be avoided. You can table them, use a parking lot, people have different terms for that, but say to the students, look, this is something that's potentially interesting and useful, but it's not part of what we're trying to accomplish today. And the only way that you really know that is by having those goals defined. Which are my favorite parts of a teacher that I think a lot, I know I would forget a lot, is your job, your teacher, is to teach a bunch of stuff and to actively put you know, horse blinders on students to not learn those certain things. Mm-hmm. If this is a rabbit hole, it's not worth it. If it's maybe beyond their grasp and it's going to be a waste of time, using these learning goals every morning to open up your outline, go, okay, what are my learning goals for the day? And having those in the back of your head 
is really powerful to be able to know when should I go down this question and when should I say, that's a great question, you should Google it and move them forward. Or just say, look, I really just believe you shouldn't even pay attention to that. Like, mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah. I promise. And then the other part that I always think is really interesting as you're trying to evolve your learning goals is whenever you wake up in the morning, you look at your learning goals for the day, you're trying to think of what are the activities you want to get done to achieve those learning goals. If in your head you're thinking, oh, but man, I really need to do this activity, this workshop, but I just don't know how to tie it to a learning goal, you need to interrogate that a bit more. Mm -hmm. Take a deep look at your own thought process of why do you feel you need to do that activity? Is it because you just want to do it, you think it's interesting? Yeah. Figure out if you decide that's important for students or is that important for you. (laughs) Is it because, wait a second, there's a learning goal here that should be on here that is not? What is the learning goal I'm trying to achieve by having this activity? Or maybe it's an activity that you're just trying to appease some students, which could be right. Maybe the students are pretty downtrodden and you want to show them something fun. And so really the learning goal there is just, there's not a learning goal, there's just a motivational goal. Mm -hmm. Motivational goals allow you to achieve your further learning goals. But I think it's important to take a pause before you do activities that aren't attached to a learning goal to make sure that that is actually the best use of the student's time. And if it is, then why isn't a learning goal? And and make sure that gets either into the process or you introspect on your own thought process. Yeah, the way I like to think of that, and you said in there somewhere that you think about why you're doing it, I've I've heard of it expressed as just think about the why. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're doing something in a classroom, it should be purpose driven, and the goals help you figure out that purpose. And if you can't answer why you're doing something and align that with the goals for your class, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You probably shouldn't be doing it, which then allows you to kind of put your own horse blinders on and be like, all right, I should get push on to the next thing. Yeah. Or this is a thing that I know that some of the students would be really interested in. I'm not going to use the precious time that we have with everyone, but I'm going to put this out there that if they're interested, we'll have a lunch conversation or something exactly. like that. There's, exactly. Yeah. And you can, you know, you can choose what level of response to give. Do you just say, don't Google that. It's just not worth your time. Or do you say, you know what? I think you should investigate it. We're not going to spend time on it. But if I were you, I would Google how a choke works in an engine. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a helpful moment also to further reinforce the level of understanding you're expecting from students. Yeah. Anything else or do you want to conclude? I think we covered a lot of ground here. We, we certainly hit all of the bullet points that we laid out for what we wanted to discuss. So, right. um, yeah. I guess the, the main conclusion points I would say are avoid understand in your learning goals. Definitely. Make sure your learning goals are measurable and actionable. And every morning when you're deciding on what activities to do, It should all flow from the learning goals for the day. What do you want to accomplish? Okay, great. Now, how do we we accomplish that? Nice. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. This was Sean and Joe. (laughs) All right. Thanks. Take care.